the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone, on this uh, sunny but certainly cool Monday afternoon. I hope everyone had a hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. It is Monday. It is November 29th. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, it is brought to you by, you know, it would be a great place. I was there on Friday, and it is brought to you by The Lodge, Pub and Eatery. Pop in and see them. It looks just fantastic. The food is great. The service is tremendous. You can uh, find them online at thelodgepub.com. But The Lodge... Uh, pub and eatery in Lincoln. It is just terrific since 1994. And David and his crew, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. What a beautiful deck they have. Wow. Holy cow. They have a fantastic outside deck. It's at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Well, folks, there is big news on this Monday, and let's get to some of it. And again, um, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Let's get to uh, some of the sound. So President Biden spoke earlier, and I know um, there's obviously just a lot of talk about this variant that is uh, this new variant that is going on. And without question, it is... um, you know, it has uh, it's affecting the markets. Um, President Biden says travel restrictions uh, time to make sure people understand you have to get vaccinated. I want to get to um, some of the uh, some of the sound. And then also, Dr. Fauci was on some of the Sunday shows. Of course, he is. You know, early on, whatever good he may have served, I, I talk about like overstaying his welcome. Um, I, I just think it's, uh, it, it, it's just way too much how much Fauci, but let's, let's get to some of the sound we have starting with president Biden spoke out and he's talking about the travel restrictions. I want to play some of this. Here we go. Identify the new variant. I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we had that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time. It gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot. You have to get the, get the booster if you're the sooner or later. We're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. We'll have to face this new threat just so we face those that come before it. You know, it, it, I mean, is there anyone right now that feels comfortable that he's going to be the one to straighten this whole thing out let's also let's get some other sound this was yesterday i saw this uh president biden's dea administrator ann milgram talking about what is what is the problem and this this applies folks and again good afternoon at 109 this applies here in rhode island where they run a sanctuary city what is the problem how is all this fentanyl the opioid crisis Everyone talks about it. No one wants to. They always kind of nibble around the edges. 
Let's listen. She she talks about the real problem are the drug networks. Let me hear this. Senator Cassidy was talking about. He says that the opioid crisis he believes has been um, the, the, the problem with the manufacturers here has been mostly solved. He believes the real problem now is the border. So the real problem are the criminal drug networks in Mexico that are mass producing fentanyl, which is driving the overdose deaths that we're seeing. And so we should be really clear that 64 percent of all those overdose deaths are attributable to fentanyl. About a quarter of those deaths are attributable to methamphetamine. Those two drugs are being man-made, mass-produced in Mexico, sourcing chemicals mostly coming from China. What those criminal drug networks then do is they flood the United States with those drugs in any way they can, whether it's the border, by air, by ports. Those networks want to sell drugs to Americans. It's how they profit. And so they will exploit any vulnerability that they can. Now, you never hear... I, I'm anxious to see Channel 12 is doing a story about why crime is uh, so bad right now in um, in, Demo- in you know in in Providence. But I guarantee you, they won't mention the fact that it's a sanctuary city. They won't mention anything about that, and they won't mention the fact that they let so many inmates out of the ACI. So now President Biden has heard he was saying, you know, there's no time to panic here, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, there's just they're not an effective administration. I also want to play right now. One eleven NBC reports on Biden's supply chain crisis. Christmas chaos is what they're calling it. Listen to this. Today's deepest discounts will be on clothes, toys, and electronics. But the online shopping surge may trigger Christmas chaos with delivery delays and a backlog of orders because the supply chain is in crisis. And with shipping containers backed up in ports, some big names like Gap and Target are now flying in products from overseas factories to meet holiday demand. Meanwhile, from the air to the ground, it's a mad dash to dodge delays and get those gifts out the door. The best advice for those with a must-have item on their list, buy now before it's too late. Well, I, you know, I'm just not sure where that's going to go, right? Buy now before it's too late. Folks, I'll tell you where you can buy, and it'll get there in time for Christmas. We have merchandise in the shop under Petro.com. We have but we, we also have, um, if you're a wine drinker, we certainly have that. Or if you want to drink out of a pint glass, we also have nice brand new coffee mugs. And they're just terrific. So uh, plus shirts and sweatshirts and hats. There's so much there. Uh, you just go to the website to petro.com and then um, right in the shop. All right. I want to... Um, play. This was President Biden uh, just a short time ago, and it's important, folks, about the situation with the variant. I want to replay this. With your family and friends, and uh, it was great to see uh, so many families getting together this Thanksgiving after being apart last year, and we have much to be grateful for as a nation. When I was elected, I said I would always be honest with you. So today, I want to take a few moments to talk about the new COVID variant first identified last week in Southern Africa. It's called the Omicron. It is the, uh, to their credit, the scientific community in South Africa quickly notified the world of the emergence of this new variant. 
this kind of transparency is to be encouraged and applauded because it increases our ability to respond quickly to any new threats. And that's exactly what we did. The very day the World Health Organization identified the new variant, I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time, gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot. You have to get the, get the booster if you're the sooner or later. We're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. We'll have to face this new threat just as we face those that come before it. Today, there are three messages about the new variant that I want the American people to hear. First, this variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. We have the best vaccine in the world, the best medicines, the best scientists, and we're learning more every single day. And we'll fight this variant with scientific and and knowledgeable actions and speed, not chaos and confusion. And we have more tools today to fight the variant than we've ever had before. From vaccines to boosters, to vaccines for children, five years and older, and much more. A year ago, America was floundering against the first variant of COVID. We beat that variant significantly, and then we got hit by a far more powerful threat, the Delta variant, but we took action. And now we're seeing deaths from Delta come down. We'll fight the, you know, and look, we're, we're going to fight and beat this new variant as well. We're learning more about this new variant every single day. And as we learn more, we're going to share that information with the American people candidly and promptly. Second, the best protection, I know you're tired of hearing me say this, the best protection against this new variant or any of the, of the variants out there, the ones we've been dealing with already, is getting fully vaccinated and getting a booster shot. Most Americans are fully vaccinated, but not yet boosted. If you're 18 years or over and got fully vaccinated before June the 1st, go get the booster shot today. They're free and they're available at 80,000 locations coast to coast. A fully vaccinated booster person is the most protected against COVID. Do not wait. Go get your booster if it's time for you to do so. And if you are not vaccinated, now's the time to get vaccinated and take your children to be vaccinated. Every child age five or older can get safe, effective vaccines now. While it will be a few weeks before we know everything we need to know about how strongly the existing vaccines protect against the new variant. Dr. Fauci is with me today, our medical team, oh. and uh, believe that the vaccines will continue to provide a degree of protection against severe disease. And as additional protections, please wear your mask when you're indoors, in public settings, around other people. It protects you, it protects those around you. Third, in the event, hopefully unlikely, that updated vaccinations or boosters are needed to respond to this new variant, we will accelerate their development and deployment with every available tool. I want to reiterate, Dr. Fauci believes that the current vaccines provide at least some protection against the new variant, and the boosters strengthen that protection significantly. We do not yet believe that additional measures will be needed. 
flood. So that we are prepared, if needed, my team is already working with officials at Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson to develop contingency plans for vaccines or boosters if needed. And I will also direct the FDA and the CDC to use the fastest process available without cutting any corners for safety to get such vaccines approved and on the market if needed. And we'll do that the same way any modifications are needed or current treatments need to use to help those with, uh, who get ill with the COVID virus. Look, I'm, uh, I'm sparing no effort and removing all roadblocks to keep the American people safe. All of this is uh, confusing to a lot of people. But if it's confusing to you, let me close with this simple message. If you are vaccinated, but still worried about the new variant, get your booster. If you aren't vaccinated, get that shot. Go get that first shot. My team at the White House will provide me with daily updates this week. On Thursday, I'll be putting forward a detailed strategy outlining how we're going to fight COVID this winter, not with shutdowns or lockdowns, but with more widespread vaccinations, boosters, testing, and more. I promised every American that there will be always be the latest vaccines available and the booster shots available to them and for free and everywhere available. Every single American, free of charge, and I will keep that commitment. We need to do more than vaccinate Americans. To beat the pandemic, we have to vaccinate the world as well. And America is leading that effort. We've shipped for free more vaccines to other countries than all other countries in the world combined. Over 275 million vaccines to 110 countries. Now we need the rest of the world to step up as well. Let me be clear. Not a single vaccine shot Americans ever send to the rest of the world will ever come at the expense of any American. I will always make sure that our people are protected first. But vaccinating the world is just one more tool in how we need to meet our moral obligation as Americans and how to best protect Americans as well. The Delta variants and now the Omicron variant all emerged elsewhere in the world. So we can't let up until the world is vaccinated. We're protecting Americans by doing that as well. As we continue this effort, let's remember where we stand. We're in a very different place as we enter the month of December, this month, compared to where we were last, uh, last, September, last Christmas. Last Christmas, fewer than 1% of American adults were vaccinated. We didn't have the vaccine. This Christmas, the number will be over 71% including more than 86% of seniors. Last Christmas, our children were at risk without a vaccine. This Christmas, we have safe and effective vaccines for children ages five and older, with more than 19 million children and counting now vaccinated. Last year, a majority of schools were closed. This year, 99% of our schools are open. Let me reiterate once more. We also now have booster shots that provide extra protection. They're free and convenient. There is still time to get your first two shots or your booster shot or get your children vaccinated before Christmas. All three are available and can be done before Christmas. If you and your family are fully vaccinated, you can celebrate the holidays much more safely. And given where we were last year, that's a blessing that none of us should take for granted. We're throwing everything we can at this virus 
tracking it from every angle. And that's what we have to keep doing. That's how we reopened our country. That's how we reopened our businesses. That's how we reopened our schools. That's how, even with the pandemic, we've generated a record job creation, record economic growth in this country. Uh. We've moved forward in the face of COVID-19. We have moved forward in the face of the Delta variant. And we move forward now in the face of the Omicron variant as well. So thank you. May God bless our troops. And I hope you all have, I'll be speaking before them, but oh a Merry God. Christmas. He's going to take questions. He doesn't even uh, know it. Questions. Let me call on Nancy Bloomberg. Well, thank let's so go much, with the assigned. Do you think that uh, other countries will be reluctant to um, report variants or other strains given the travel ban that you put? Good question. No, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think that's the, what's going to happen. And uh, I want to, again, the reason for the immediate travel ban is there were a significant number of cases, unlike any other country, well, there are few around South Africa in the world. We needed time to give people an opportunity to say, get that vaccination now before it has, it's going to move around the world. I think it's almost inevitable there will be at some point that, uh, that strain here in the United States. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't think anyone's going to be reluctant to report. We have also moved to uh, do more. For, for example, we provided more vaccines, as I said, than all other countries in the world combined. And we've provided significant vaccines as well to South Africa in that region. Matter of fact, South Africa doesn't need any more vaccine. They're having trouble getting it out in the people's arms and the reluctance is there. But no, I don't think it's going to have that effect. Let me call on Alexis. Alexis. Alex or Reuters? Yes, thank you so much, Mr. President. I wanted to ask if the U.S. is doing anything to screen international travels for this variant and what is being done, if anything, internally to see if the virus, this variant, has already arrived. Well, there's a lot being done. Uh, I'm going to turn to Dr. Fauci. To, uh, oh, okay, Dr. Fauci. What's being done? Doc? Thank you, Mr. President. We already have in place when people come into the United States, they have to be tested before they get on and they have to show vaccination uh, um, documentation. So even before Omnicron came in, we have a situation where we'll be able to test. And talking about testing, for, fortunately for us, the PCRs that we mostly use would pick up this very unusual variant that has a real large constellation of mutations. Fortunately for us, that the PCRs that we do, do pick it up. And uh, we're following extremely closely the medical community, the COVID team. Uh, any developments as it relates to how severe it is, how quickly it, how quickly it spreads, how dangerous it is, et cetera. We have more work to do in that area. And uh, Wall Street Journal, Sabrina. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, the UK, Europe, and a growing number of countries have confirmed cases of Omicron. Are you considering additional travel restrictions on countries where the variant has been detected? And just separately, you urged Americans to wear masks in indoor public spaces, but many states and cities, including Washington, D.C., have listed mask mandates. So are you calling on state and local officials to reinstate mask mandates? Um, with regard to the last question, the answer is uh, I, uh, I encourage everyone 
to uh, wear a mask when they're indoors in a crowded circumstance like we are right now. Um, and unless you're eating or speaking at a microphone. Um, and uh, secondly, um, uh, the degree of the spread impacts on whether or not there's a need for any travel restriction. But that's not, I don't anticipate that at this point. And we'll see. We'll see where that works. And so the other Alex doesn't have a heart attack. I want to call on him. Is it, is it a, Okay, let me ask the other Alex and then you. Sure. Um, Mr. President, uh, is this the new normal that Americans should expect anticipating future uh, potential variants? Should we expect intermittent travel restrictions and potential drops in the stock market going forward? Do you have any words of reassurance that this won't become the new normal? And then for both you and Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci said earlier on CBS that uh, lockdowns, shutdowns are off off the table for uh, restraining COVID going forward. You said that won't be part of your plan on Thursday. But why is that? Why are you taking that off the table? Well, to answer your first question first, uh, the answer is I expect this not to be the new normal. I expect the new normal to be everyone ends up getting vaccinated in the booster shot. So we reduce the number of people who aren't protected to such a low degree that we're not seeing the spread of these viruses. Now, we remain to be seeing exactly what the elements of this particular strain are. But if, uh, as I hope, then it's not going to be fundamentally different than in the past. Um, and... Uh, in terms of, uh, what was the second part of the question? Are lockdowns off the table? Is yes, really for now, the yes. Why, why is that? Well, because we're able to, if people are vaccinated and wear their mask, there's no need for the lockdown. Yes, so, um, My last question. Yes, going on from, from that question, uh, we've got the Christmas period coming up, huge amount of travel. Um, would you give any thought to domestic flights requiring tests or vaccine for people to get on planes the same way as they do for international flights? Well, at this point, that's not been recommended. I would raise for my uh, the scientific community to give, give me a recommendation on that. Are travel restrictions too late to be effective, sir, given that Dr. Fauci says this new variant could already be here? You understand the point of, of the travel of the restriction to give us time to get people to get protection, to be vaccinated and get the booster. That's the reason for it. Thank you all so very, very much. I appreciate it. All right, folks, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I think it's important to hear from the president on this. And then then this new variant is certainly, uh, well, it's having an effect on travel. It's having an effect on markets. Um, It's it's having, it's going to have an effect on the holiday, meaning on the Christmas season. I I don't see how it can't have an effect on the Christmas season. It is going to have an effect on the Christmas season. Um, it's definitely going to affect the Christmas season. So, and I'm not saying that if you're listening right now, again, on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, folks, good afternoon at 129 on this uh, Monday. This is, um, you. is it still Cyber Monday? It used to be Cyber Monday. It's Monday, November 29th. Hope everyone had a, I uh, hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. At least the weather's been decent, although it's, it's certainly uh a little colder than um, than we would like so early in the in the year. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by, and again, visit the website, depetro.com. We have uh, 
unique story regarding a situation with some white supremacists going after, uh, ready to fight Black Lives Matter in their Pawtucket headquarters. And there's a link on the website at depetro.com. And it's right by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Uh, great menu, great food. Stop in and see them at the Coesed Inn. So the big news of the day, this, in case you're, right now it's 129. In case you're just wondering, um, what's the big news of the day? Some big news is is what happened in the city of Warwick with that principal, Jerry, Jerry Habeshaw, of uh, th- There was no reason... That, that he he passed away on Saturday. I mean, the guy is 57 years old. And, you know, they're having vigils and all this other stuff. But the fact is, what that school committee did to him was just really, really rotten. Um, really terrible, as a matter of fact. I also want to play, um, you know, it's just incompetent. We talked about it a little bit last hour. But, you know, so much of these elected officials... Like Alorza. Alorza has the press conference saying Saturday after Thanksgiving is now Small Business Saturday. Okay, that's fine. But at the same time, they, they close the street where they're supposed to be, as Justin Katz talked about in the 11 o'clock hour, supposed to be free holiday parking to try to help the retailers on it. And it's just, it's just sheer incompetence. Is what it is. There's, there's just too much government interference right now in business. I want to play this. Um, Channel 12 had the story about this. Street are frustrated that construction clogged up the road for part of the day. Providence Water was there doing utility work, and small business owners say they weren't told it would be happening today. Toronto News reporter Amanda Pitt spoke with those business owners. She joins us now on Hope Street with what they had to say. Amanda? Yeah, Chelsea, those small business owners called it a headache. They've been dealing with that construction for some time, but they say they thought the city might halt it for today of all days, the most important for small businesses. Probably the highest revenue, highest traffic day that businesses like mine experience every year. The biggest day for small businesses is here, but for those on Hope Street, they had a bit of a challenge. Traffic is totally detoured from the street, and uh, parking is inaccessible at the moment. A portion of the road was closed Saturday morning and part of the afternoon, as Providence Water was doing utility work. Owner of the Frog and Toad, Asher Schofield, says none of the merchants here were given a heads up. Small businesses have had to endure a pandemic, supply chain issues. It's a a real uh, illustration of how tone deaf this utility work can be when they don't realize that small businesses depend on holiday shopping on days like today so greatly. A few shops down, Studio Hop, a business that sells fine art and fine crafts, had a slow morning. They think that utility work is to blame. It's, you know, adding a bit of a thorn during what's already a challenging time. We're trying to catch our breath. We're trying to... um, really stay positive. Early this morning, one of the merchants came in very early, saw this, and tried to reach out to the mayor, didn't get any response from his office. That merchant called Councilwoman Nerva LaFortune, who got the crews to wrap up at 1.30 instead of 3. But those lost hours mean less money for these shops already struggling to stay afloat. This is the day that, and the season that we really worked so hard for. To have any kind of challenge for a small business, um, that's caused by 
a situation in the city where it could have been halted, I think, um, for a day. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Now, we did reach out to Mayor Alors's office for comment, but have not heard back. In Providence, Amanda Pitts, 12 News. You know, that is just pathetic. That is, and again, folks, good afternoon. At 134, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, that, that is an example. Alorza like to have everybody shop. It's Small Business Saturday and blah, blah, blah. This whole big, they, they have that part down. But what, what are you, what are they talking about? You're encouraging people to go. You, you, you close the street. And he was up at on Federal Hill for the tree lighting ceremony. Like, but what? what is the, he, he is just a disaster. That guy should not be in office. Um, he's got another year in office, as a matter of fact. Just remember that. He has another year in office. I also want to see, this is in the Boston Globe, hiding in plain sight. One of the country's most wanted fugitives left a, led a quiet life in Linfield. Boston Globe has this posted. Um, he stole 215000 from a bank in Cleveland in 1969. To those who knew him in Linfield, Tom Randall had all the hallmarks of a regular guy. Avid golfer, car enthusiast, wife worked for the town, modest home. He had a secret he'd been hiding for 52 years. Unbeknownst by the nearly 13,000 residents of Linfield, Mass. He was one of the most wanted fugitives in the country. On November 12th, authorities publicly revealed that Randall was actually Ted Conrad, a bank robber, who in 1969 successfully pulled off a brazen heist in Cleveland, been on the lam ever since. Just before he died in May of that year, he gave a deathbed confession to his family, letting them know the truth about who he really was. But it wasn't until his death notice was published, investigators put all the clues together. Wow. This has the makings of a movie. Peter Elliott, U.S. Marshal for Northern Ohio, said Conrad eluded captures for years by leading an unassuming life in the quiet suburb of Linfield. Everything I know about Tom Randall, who's a good family man, good father, good husband, good friend, pro golfer, liked by everyone. According to the U.S. Marshal Service, Conrad once worked as a teller at the Society National Bank in Cleveland. Last day in the job, July 11th, 1969. It was the day after his 20th birthday. At the end of the shift, he walked out with a paper bag containing 215,000. Today, that would be the equivalent of 1.6 million and was never seen again. It wasn't until he failed to show up for work Monday the bank realized the money was missing. He had pulled off one of the biggest bank robberies in Cleveland history and had a two-day head start to make his escape. Wow, they have the uh, Theodore Conrad. They have like a help, uh, a most wanted FBI hunts 215. Uh, Elliot's father serves as deputy U.S. marshal in Cleveland. Always been keen interest. He's literally worked on the case since the beginning. Elliot said Conrad grew up close to the family where his family lived in Lakewood, Ohio in the 60s. In fact, a local kid got away with stealing so much, bothered his father. Worked at a local ice cream shop family, frequently went to the same doctor as his father. So the father took the crime personally, never stopped searching for him. 
As a kid growing up, the only thing I ever heard was pass the mashed potatoes. Where am I going to get Conrad? But Conrad had assumed a new identity, started a new life, continued, say, one step ahead of law enforcement. Over the years, investigators chased leads all over the country. Case was even featured on America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries. Conrad eluded captures until his uh, death. He died this past May. Authorities said Conrad had been using July 10th, 1947 as date of birth, but his real date of birth was July 10th, 1949. So he would have been 71 when he died. According to the death notice, he had been assistant golf pro and teaching pro at Pembroke Country Club and played on the professional winter tour in Florida. Wow. Later became full-time manager of the country club. He shifted his vocational interest from golf to his second love. Began a successful career in luxury automotive sales for 40 years. He worked at Woburn Foreign Motors, Range Rover Volvo to his retirement. He's also an excellent cook. Loved watching any all cooking shows. Testing out new recipes, asking, so can I make this again at the end of every meal? Um, the wife worked for the town of Linfield, planning, use, land assistant, retired. Uh, the Linfield Villager, a local newspaper, reported that at the wake, well-attended, long line of mortars wrapped around the entire building. It was only after his death and the publication of a death notice, investigators began to unravel the mystery that had stymied law enforcement for decades. Randall's notice contained many biographical details that were similar to Conrad's life. It said he was born in Denver, and that's where Conrad was born. It said he went to New England College. That, that's where Conrad went to college. From there, investigators from the U.S. Marshal Service matched up documents that Elliot's father uncovered from his college days in the 60s with paperwork Randall had filled out, including court papers when he had filed for bankruptcy in Boston in 2014. The signatures were similar. How about that? With those clues, everything began to add up. The work that the father put in the case was finally paying off. So this is the son. It was my father who put those original college applications with Conrad's signature on it. Um... A very unassuming home at Carter Road in Linfield. Uh, second week of November, Elliot and the deputies traveled to Mass and met with the wife and daughter at the home. They walked in the door of the modest home, three-bedroom cape, pointed, painted pale yellow blue shutters where he had been living. Um, for Elliot, whose father passed away, being in the home was a strange experience. Kind of weird. Your dad spent years frustrated trying to find him. And you're walking in the house, sitting down, talking with the family. Just before he died from lung cancer in May, he gave a deathbed confession to his family and told them about his true identity. Family at first was a little reluctant, but they admitted that their husband and father was Ted Conrad. They didn't know until he was dying. That's what I was told. When Elliot signed the warrant signifying the case was finally closed, made sure to put in the signature on behalf of John K. Elliot, not of his father. Wow. Elliot said that as a young man, Conrad was obsessed with the bank robbery film, The Thomas Crown Affair, starring Steve McQueen. According to U.S. Marshal Service, Conrad saw the movie more than a half dozen times. Bradger's sense he could take money from a bank, too. Elliot said Conrad modeled himself after Thomas Crown. I think he did it because of the movie. Wanted to see if he could get away with it. And Conrad managed to pull it off. But I think he regretted it at the end. The sad part is he's got a family now and they're carrying his fictitious name. Um, I want to just go back. Again, this is a really fascinating story in uh, the Boston Globe. How um, 
this guy was was able to get away with it. Let's see. I just want to go back to the beginning. Um, he was actually Ted Ted Conrad. He robbed a bank in Cleveland where he worked in 1969. Uh, Peter Elliott, the U.S. Marshal for Northern Ohio, said Conrad eluded captives for years, living an unassuming life. Uh, everything I know about him, blah blah blah, the perfect life. Conrad once worked at the teller. I'm going to get with the, the father come into play. Oh, Elliot's father, John Elliot, served as deputy U.S. marshal in Cleveland. Huh. Never stopped searching for him. But um, so the son also becomes a member in involved in law enforcement, which is actually fairly common. So Peter Elliot is the son of the U.S. Marshal that first started looking for the guy. Wow. Well, very, very uh, interesting story in the uh, Boston Globe. They also have... Dan Shaughnessy um, wrote a nice piece on uh, Mac Jones. How um, he's... Well, several, actually. First, he can play in cold weather. And secondly, Mac Jones is making the case for... For Belichick, you know, the Patriots folks are in first place. And, you know, it was a while ago. Right now, good afternoon at 143. I know that the variant now is the big news. Um, President Biden mispronounced it. <laughs> what a surprise. Um, it's it, He called it the Omicron. It's Omicron. Very high risk. I, I don't know what to make of some of the info out there. Um, but to, to, to say that people are being calm about it is, is just not accurate. It's just not. Uh, the Biden administration, as always, it's, it's mishandled. It's causing panic, and we don't know where it's going to lead. Right now at 143, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. This winter, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates on the market, and they do new installation or replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Call JKL today, 401-351-7600. JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. Highest rebates on the market. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's JKL, 401 401- Three five one seventy six hundred, folks. As always, visit the website depetro.com and depetro.com, which is purchased by Tavolo Wine Bar and Tuscan Grill, authentic, innovative Italian cuisine, Providence Smithfield, and on Thanksgiving we actually ate at the work location, and it was very enjoyable because it was nice to relax, and there was no cleanup. Online, TavolaWineBar.com. Leonard and uh, his wife, they, they do a um, just a tremendous, tremendous job. All right, let's get to some of the sound. Folks, good afternoon at 145. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and uh, 99.9 FM. I want um, critical race theory. Oh, my God, I'm just so tired of hearing about it. Now, as I mentioned... I want to play. This is uh, ABC's This Week, where they talk about the fentanyl problem, and it's coming over the border. So there's a couple of...
couple pieces I think I think we need to be focused on. One is is the supply is the supply challenge. The drug threat today is different than it ever was before. You know, when I was a prosecutor coming up, we did cocaine cases, we did heroin cases. Those largely came from plants. Now today, this is all synthetic or man-made. There is an unlimited amount of these drugs that can be made. So what we're also seeing is that the networks are doing are doing this in new ways. So they're making these counterfeit pills that are fake pills. They're made to look, and they're exploiting our opioid epidemic in the United States and the fact that we take a lot of pills. So they're making these pills look almost identical to real hydrocodone, to real Vicodin, Percocet, Xanax, or Adderall, but they're fake, and they contain fentanyl, and sometimes they contain meth. And when we seize those pills now, and, and it's every age, and it's really important to say this cuts across every single line, rural, suburban, urban, uh, by race, by geography, by, by religion. I mean, this is in every state in America. Those pills are meant to look like they're real pills, and they're not, and they're deadly at We've seen four out of 10 pills that we're seizing now have potentially deadly doses of fentanyl. It's just so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Um, I also want to um, mention that there are people, and I don't want people to understand, but or misunderstand, I should say, but there are people who, I don't want to say successfully, but they, they take fentanyl. And they, they don't die from it, is what I think the way I want to explain it. All right, let's go to White House press briefing. Pete Ducey, we saw the president shopping indoors Saturday. Uh, the store in Nantucket said face covering required, but his face was uncovered. So he asked it at the White House press briefing. Fair question. Let's hear it. We saw the president shopping indoors on Saturday behind glass that says face covering required, but his face was uncovered. Why? Uh, The president is uh, somebody who follows uh, the the recommendations and the advice of the CDC. I don't know what the circumstances were of that. Well, the circumstances were that he wasn't following the rules. This is another example where they, they, they do not follow the rules. Uh, Chuck Todd, meet the press. Biden declared our independence from the virus. Here we go. One of the things about his COVID response over the last couple of months is one could argue he is not he has not been the face of the COVID response. Not in some time, really not really since we declared our back in July when he declared our independence from the virus, obviously prematurely. Obviously prematurely indeed. Trump's White House doctor calls Omicron a midterm election trick. How about the fact socialist students at Arizona University are demanding Kyle Rittenhouse withdraw from campus? What a disgrace. What is wrong with these people? Why? He was found not guilty. He was found not guilty. By the way, it doesn't, someone was saying he was found innocent. No, he wasn't found innocent. It's guilty, not guilty. Doesn't matter. If and You don't have to be innocent. You just have to be found not guilty. What's the difference? The difference is that they have to prove the case. I've spoken with jurors that said, I, I have full belief that this individual did what have you. But I just don't think the state or in this case, yet yeah, that they, the prosecutors, I don't think they proved the case. But it doesn't have to be innocent. 
It's not guilty. All right, Dr. Fauci, now once again making the rounds. This time, ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. U.S. on alert. More countries confirm the variant. Let's go through what we know and what we don't know about the Omicron variant. Number one, is it more transmissible than other variants? It appears to be, George. It has the molecular characteristics that would strongly suggest that it would be more transmissible. It has a bunch of mutations, a disturbingly large number of mutations in the spike protein, which is the business end of the virus, which really binds, particularly in one particular component of that spike that binds to the receptors in your body, in your nose, in your, in your nasopharynx, and in your lung. The mutations would strongly suggest that it would be more transmissible and that it might evade some of the protection of monoclonal antibodies and convalescent plasma and perhaps even antibodies that are induced by vaccine. If you look at the pattern of what's going on right now in Southern Africa, particularly in South Africa, when you have a spike of infections, they are very heavily weighted towards this new variant, the Omicron. And therefore, you have to presume that it has a good degree of transmissibility advantage, which is very likely what is going on right now in Southern Africa and would likely be going on in other countries as it spreads. You know, if, 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 the, um, if the media is once again just going to continue to, it, it, I couldn't believe CBS was even saying, hey, tune in to hear uh, Dr. Fauci. What do you mean tune in to hear Dr. Fauci? He's he's everywhere. You don't have to tune in there. If you miss him there, you're going to hear him somewhere else anyway. Tune in. You don't want to miss him. Oh, yeah. As if you're going to miss him. You can't miss him. How about the Jesse Smollett um, trial is beginning, as a matter of fact. I want to just play. um, This is, though, Good Morning America. Folks, it is. Listen, it's the story. Worldwide concern over this uh, new variant. Good morning, Good morning, TJ. Beyond those travel restrictions, we're already seeing American officials take some swift action over fears of what could be coming. Here in New York, we're going to enter into another state of emergency this week so hospitals can increase their capacity over fears of a potential winter surge. And we were already worried about that with holiday gatherings and the Delta variant, but Omicron has really ratcheted these concerns up to an even higher level. This morning, health officials around the world bracing for the potential threat of a new COVID-19 variant, Omicron. First detected in Southern Africa only weeks ago, scientists say it has a concerning combination of mutations fueling fears it could possibly be more transmissible than the Delta variant. Cases have now been confirmed in at least a dozen countries, including Scotland, Portugal, and Canada. Now both Pfizer and Moderna are working to adapt their vaccines to fight Omicron if necessary, a process that could take two to three months. It does appear, again, very preliminary evidence that it is more transmissible. We don't know for sure. We really have no data on severity, whether it's as severe, light, milder, or more significant. The World Health Organization has labeled this a variant of concern, tweeting out Omicron is a highly divergent variant with a high number of mutations, some of which are concerning and may be associated with immune escape potential and higher transmissibility. And while there's no confirmed cases in the U.S. right now, experts say the variant's arrival here is a question of when, not if. The Biden administration's new order banning travel from several countries in southern Africa takes effect today. 
Many other countries have instituted similar restrictions to try to slow the spread. Over the weekend, we learned Dutch officials are looking into an outbreak aboard a pair of flights out of South Africa to the Netherlands. The 600 passengers on board weren't tested on takeoff, but were when they landed, and 61 infections were detected, with at least 13 determined to be the Omicron variant. New York Times reporter Stephanie Nolan was on board. She tested negative, but is quarantining voluntarily. There were a lot of people just unmasked and standing too close and just really not uh, taking any of it very seriously. Even when the ambulances and the guys in the hazmat suits showed up at the back of the room to start taking away the positive cases, uh, that didn't prompt anyone to put a mask on. Now, we should mention one of the first doctors in South Africa to flag this variant says so far she has only seen it cause mild illness, but she says mild illness. Then why is everyone panicking over it? Folks, good afternoon at let's see what time is it? It's 154. It's Monday. It used to be Cyber Monday, but. Now, everyone's buying everything online anyway. And this portion of our program, folks, visit the website, petro.com. We do have an exclusive story up. And um, it's actually kind of disgraceful with these white supremacists that I, I'm always, I'm, well, not always. I routinely, is that the right word? Frequently, frequently will tell many of some of these Black Lives Matter are the groups that that there is no big white supremacist movement in our area. But whoever these people are, there's 11 of them, they all went and took their picture and then posted it on Telegram outside the Black Lives Matter headquarters, if you will, in Pawtucket. Uh, and I know that the state police are investigating this. Folks, check it out. It's on the website, petro.com. Brought to you by Pat Elston. There's a link. Caldwell Bank Realty. Do you know Pat? Call her, 401-474-5253. Maybe you bought a home from her. Maybe she helped you sell your home. 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Give her a call. Wish her the best. 401-474-5253. Our friend uh, Pat Elston. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show brought to you by The Lodge, Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln and online delicious food. Wait till you check out their deck. What a deck. Wow. Big time. Really makes. And it's terrific. TheLodgePub.com. Um, stop in and see them. So it's, it's 156. Governor McKee has returned from his vacation. Um... I'm not sure what availability. He's very busy giving out grants and things like that. I haven't seen yet, yet, anyone um, asking him about these bribes that he's paying out to union workers. I don't. I don't come to that lightly, by the way. Um, but that that needs to be addressed, and that should not happen. Uh, whatever they were planning, it should not be allowed. If he's going to do that, then there should be investigation into it. I also want to mention, you know, for folks, frequently, those of you who listen to the program know that I back law enforcement. And yesterday morning in Seekonk was another example of it. It was 640 Sunday morning. And the police were notified that a business on Route 6 had been broken into. So they they go to the scene and they find that 
the, the suspect is there. Now think of this, Sunday morning, right? Pretty quiet, 6.40. And suddenly, this guy gets takes out an AK-47 and starts firing at police. So this was like a showdown for a while, and they had to block off Route 6. This is all yesterday morning, Seekonk. So he he lost control of his car. Um, he fled, and then he hit lost control of the car, hitting a curb, and rolled onto the passenger side. Two Seekonk police arrive at the scene, and then he opens fire on them with an AK-47. They returned fire, and they ended up taking him out. He was found dead inside the vehicle. So... But but that is the type of thing that, you know, police don't know who they're going to run into. And nor do they know the circumstances of who they're going to uh, um, find themselves in. Now, listen, it's Monday. You want to watch the Monday night football game tonight? Patriots look great. Very excited about this team. I have a good feeling about this team. This could be a Super Bowl run. I was going to say, you know, early in the year, someone posted Patriots and Bucks. Although I think right now, Green Bay is the better team in the AFC. I think Green Bay is better than Brady and the Bucks. And Brady and the Bucks may have to go through Green Bay. But say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are rolling right now. But if you want to watch the game, I encourage you to watch it at End Zone Sports Pub. They'll have the game on tonight, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Dana runs a great place. Uh, karaoke Friday and Saturday nights. And then they also have the NFL ticket on Sundays. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Listen, uh, stay warm on this Monday. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. I will be doing Facebook Live later this afternoon. So check out the Facebook page, John DePietro Show. By the way, we have a special page now just for the live stream. And you can check that out. There's a direct link to it is the easiest way. Uh, and then also make, your ch- make sure you check out topetro.com, the exclusive story. I hate seeing this type of thing, but it is the news regarding these white supremacists going after Black Lives Matter in Pawtucket. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news on the John Dion program right here. And we'll see you tomorrow at 11.